Hi, everyone. Hi. And welcome to another edition of Superman's Other Pals, a podcast where I, Gary Rowland, discuss the, an issue of the Silver Age comic, Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen, with my daughter. Ella Plum Rowland. And together, we, uh, we, we, we make you laugh. I hope. And we make you think. Sometimes. We're like an episode of Fat Albert and the Cosby Kids. Um, was that? Uh, it was this something that was done when I was a kid. You watched Fat Albert and the Cosby Kids. It was a thing created by Bill Cosby, um, the recently convicted uh, sexual assaulter. Mm-hmm. Ha- hashtag me, me too. Uh, before we start, I would like to thank you all for your patience. We apologize. Yeah, for the last two weeks, uh, we've been moving, and it took over my life in a way that I was not um, expecting. Not expecting. So uh, we finally got ourselves. We're in our new home. Uh, we are in a new recording location, and we will be sort of fiddling with it as we go along. But that's about it. You do you have anything else you want to add? No. Luckily, we are not recording this yesterday. Um, yesterday, Ella Plum was oh god honoring a day of silence mm-hmm. for just LGBT for LGBT uh, against uh, LGBT bullying. Yeah, not in favor of no to raise awareness about LGBT bullying. Mm-hmm. So uh, she was taking a vow of silence, and that would have made for a very uninteresting episode of. Superman's other pals. I, mean, I think it would have been great because I would be making all of these facial expressions and you guys would have no idea what's happening and Dad would be losing it. Right. Don't. Sorry. Okay. All right. So let's just uh, get into it as we usually do. This is issue number 34 released in January. So it was around November when this was actually released. Mm-hmm. And we have uh, the cover, Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen. And we see... And it says, featuring Superman's Pal of Steel. And we see Superman. And uh, Superman has a, a sledgehammer. Yep. As you do. And he is hitting Jimmy, he- Jimmy Olsen in the head with the sledgehammer. And uh, it's just breaking against the top of his head. Sure. If, if you're Superman. Uh-huh. And theoretically you are stronger than a sledgehammer. Right. Why are you using a sledgehammer? Well, he just wanted to see... It makes for attractive visuals. I don't know. All right. So you know, sometimes he does stuff like that. You no, know, he uh, he'll have a uh, he'll take a bat and he'll hit a ball. Mm-hmm. He'll take marbles. But that's because that's because that's the game. Well, maybe hit this your is friend a... in the head with a sledgehammer is not a game. Well, in this culture and time, hit your friend in the head with a sledgehammer is not a game. You know, there was okay. So you know how in the United States we used to have duels. Yes, I am aware of dueling. And I don't know if you're aware of this, but when you're challenged, it is up to the person you challenge, I believe, to choose their weapon. Yes. And uh, there was a guy, I believe it was in Georgia, and some people will say it's Jim Bowie, but it was not Jim Bowie. And he chose... A pillowcase full of bricks? No. Sledgehammers. Wow. In, in six feet of water. That would be interesting to watch. And he was... The thing was, he was like, or maybe it was five foot of water, and like he was like six foot tall, and the guy he was ch- who challenged him was like three or four inches shorter than him. So it would be easier for him, correct? If only marginally, correct. Well, he could then. It was Beth. It, it was basically like enough where uh, he could swing a sledgehammer very easily yes. at him, and the other guy could not. 
Yes. And that was one of the examples of, you know, maybe we're taking this... Just a little too far. Right. Maybe we're taking this dual thing a little too far. All, All right. right. But somehow I feel as though we are getting off track. I mean, all I said was it's not a good thing to hit your friend in the head with a sledgehammer. Speak for yourself. There are some times that it <laughs> says, uh, super, and so Jimmy Olsen says, see, Superman, not even you with your superpowers can ha- harm me. He's not using his superpowers. He's using a sledgehammer. The water from this mysterious fountain of strength has made me invulnerable as you are. And they are standing in front of a pond. Now, do you have something you want to add? What is it with Jimmy and trying to give himself superpowers through various liquids? He's always, well, you know why? I guess it's because, you know, he, he looks up to Superman and he wants to emulate him. And really the only, the best way that he can emulate him is to uh, get superpowers. And he doesn't have his own superpowers. He is not from Krypton. He's not been bitten by any radioactive so spiders. So he's poisoning himself. So he's constantly poisoning himself and exposing him to things, exposing himself to things that, you know, by all rights should kill him. Yes. So. So, um, and, you know, so I did actually learn at some point, and somebody told me this, I think, or it was on a face, one of the Facebook groups that yeah. I'm on. Somebody said that, that what happens is, is they give, they gave the writer... Uh, Otto, I guess Otto Binder. Yeah. The the cover first. That makes a lot more sense. And now. then he has to write backwards from it. That makes a lot more sense now. Yeah. All uh, right. So, so okay. So um, on our inside cover, we are once again good old Stevens credit sales. I'm going to be sad when uh, there's no more Stevens credit. Yeah, sales. it's going to be a dark day because I mean I guess it's coming. I mean I don't think by issue. You know, like 100 and, right by 100 issue 163, sometime in the early 70s, that uh, Stephen credit sales was still a thing. You don't know, they might be. It's true. So, uh, and we, I, I want to also apologize right now to Tardis Writer. Uh, we have not, uh, we haven't sent him his, uh, his prize pack yet. Uh, but just to let him know, it is coming now that everything is down, you know, now that we're, uh, everything is calmed down and we're moving in, uh, we, we are. Moved in. Moved in, but now just settling. Uh, we will be, uh, Elaplum will be taking some time to make a... Bow tie. A bow tie, and I've already made the... Rest of everything. Exactly. So it's coming, and uh, that's that. All right. All right. So then we have, brings us to our first, our first uh, story. Which, which is actually the cover story. Right. Which is uh, a rarity. Doesn't always happen this way. In fact, rarely does. Did you, did you want to read? Did you want to read this? Sure. Are you sure? Uh, yeah. Okay. So, you know, after a, a long uh, absence, returning to the microphone, looking confident with her piercing blue or green eyes, depending on who you are and what time of day you are looking at her and how she's feeling. How I'm... F- I don't know. My emotions have nothing to do with my eye color. I have heard some people say that that is actually something that, that does happen. I don't know if it's true. I'm going to say that it's not. Okay. All right. But coming to the microphone, uh, she is back from her world tour, uh, back from her whirlwind uh, moving things, and uh, she's still uh, settling in her room. She's still waiting for you to stop talking. Uh, It's everybody's uh, favorite teen who is, uh, it's now refreshing, who, uh, you know, uh, critics have said is that it is refreshing to get a female voice on comic books. Can can I start reading now? It is, uh... Please. Ella Plum. Uh, Stop moving cute, the desk. Cute brute. Roland, she is a... 
She's a percussionist. She okay. is a start roller derby, and she's a sister. Bullets and a only daughter. bounce from him. <laughs> Powerful lightning bolts merely tickle him. He walks away from an explosion without a scratch. If you think we're talking about Superman, you're wrong. We mean none other than his young pal, Jimmy Olsen, who one day laughs at all danger. Can the cub reporter really be invulnerable to all harm like Superman? Like Superman himself, when he becomes Superman's pal of steel. Yep. And so, um, in the so in, in the, the, the the first panel, which actually takes up an entire page this time. Yes, uh, th- we hear there's a uh, there's a, a a word cloud, a word balloon coming from upstairs up above the the the, uh, the page, saying, "Look out below! the The ropes broke on that safe fell, and the the safe seems to have hit Jimmy square in the head. And but uh, but it breaks. Superman says, "Great Scott!" And Jimmy says, "So what? Can't harm me. I'm invulnerable, like you are, Superman." You wasted your time coming to my rescue, and I'm sure that somewhere else in the world there are people who are dying because of horrible, because of ho- due to like horrible circumstances, and you can't save them because you wasted your time visiting me. Uh, only the first two sentences of that were an actual quote. I always wonder, like that's actually something that like I see, you know, like while he's putting out grease fires for Jimmy Olsen. Um, <laughs> Who, what what kind of like cataclysmic problems or uh, jewelry store robberies are he, is he missing? I don't know. All right. So uh, what we find out is that Barry White, editor in chief of the Daily Planet, has a rumor that a branch of the River Styx from ancient Greek mythology flows near Metropolis in an underground stream. They, I, Go ahead. They, they do know that the sticks is called a myth for a reason. Yeah, but it's a rumor. It's like, um, you know, Bigfoot. I apologize to all the people out there who think that Bigfoot is real, I guess. Although I would like to let them know that I, uh, I, I don't really think that there's any conclusive evidence. And uh, please, you know, if you, if you believe otherwise. Illuminated parchment. Exactly. Uh, I've recently posted the, uh, of course ex- you have. examples of illuminated text and the international rules of hel- heraldry for everyone to take a look at. Yep. All right. So uh, we have Jimmy and Clark going on an adventure. Right. Taking the flying newsroom. Poor Jumbo Jones. Jumbo Jones, who, uh, you know... Showed up for three issues. Right. Showed up for three issues and then never again. All right, so... Clark and Jimmy go to where they say that uh, it's going, that that, that this mythical thing is going. Now, in case you don't know, because not everybody knows about Greek mythology, uh, there is a, a story that... Who is it? Achilles. Yeah. The thing about Achilles is... He was invincible. He was invincible. What happened was when he was a child... His mom dunked him in the river Styx because he, I think she some, wanted him to be invincible. I believe a seer told her, like some kind of oracle told her that that's what's. That sounds right. And then he, then she dips him in the river Styx. And the only problem is, is that she uh, didn't uh, pick his heel. Like she was holding him by the heel and didn't put her hand all the way into the river. And then he eventually got hit in the heel with a poisoned spear. Yep. And died. But uh, basically, the, 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 the thing is, the, the legend is that if you are in the River Styx, you will become invincible. And so they find an underground stream, and Jimmy's like, 
hey, could this be the River Styx? And then Jimmy accidentally knocks Clark into the river. And then... And then a stalagmite falls on Clark's head. Right. Breaks over his head. Because Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a major metropolitan newspaper, is in fact Superman. But Jimmy, seeing this, is like, it works. So he dives in. Right. And he accidentally drops a rifle, and the rifle shoots uh, Superman. And I, then, I have a question. Go question. ahead. Where did this rifle come from? Uh, they brought it with them. Why did they bring a rifle with them? I don't. I don't know. Well, because you know there are things that could harm them. A rifle? They're going to be in the wilderness. Sure. What if they get a- approached by bears? Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a major metropolitan newspaper, can't just take the bear out with his heat vision. I mean, he could. Right, but not without <laughs> blowing his cover to poor Jimmy. <laughs> so what happens is that Jimmy. Uh, also goes, all right, well, I'm going to get wet too. So uh, now I'm invincible. And now I'm going to be the boy of steel. He's like, hey, why don't you shoot me, Clark? And Clark's like, uh, mm, uh the gun's like, oh, oh, the jammed? gum is jammed. And so he goes and dunks his hand in a boiling spring. Right. And so uh, so he's like, um. Which came out of nowhere, by the way. Right. There was this, this suddenly there was this hot spring in the cave that he's like, I'm just going to dip my hand in here and it's going to prove that I'm invulnerable. And Clark, not wanting, I'm sorry, Clark Kent, mild mannered reporter for a major metropolitan newspaper, Almost. does not want Jimmy to get harmed. So he uses his breath. No, he wants Jimmy to keep the use of his hand. So he breathes uh, his cold, cold super breath. On the, uh, the, 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 the boiling water. The boiling water, and it's fine. And he's like, hey, look, I'm invulnerable. And so. And so they go back on the flying newsroom and they go tell Perry White, and they're like, it's real. And Jimmy's like, it happened to both me and Clark. And he's like, see, I jabbed this letter opener, letter opener into his chest, and it broke. Right. And Perry White's like, very impressive. And Clark, and then Clark is like, um, this is dangerous. Because Jimmy now thinks he's invulnerable. And now Perry, when he sees that they, that he's invulnerable, he's like, well, I, I used to not want to send you on these dangerous missions. But now I'm going to send you on all right. of them. Which, of course, is the biggest lie I think he might have ever said. Because, like, how many times, like, he sent him as a foreign correspondent. And how did that turn Didn't out? Didn't turn out well. He sends him on all kinds of, you know, dangerous missions. Although a lot of them usually involve interviewing royalty for some reason. So... So Superman goes and destroys the cavern. That's the first thing he does. He's like, all right, I got to destroy this thing because I don't want anybody else coming in here thinking that they're invincible and then dying. Dying. How? And then he's like, well, Jimmy, being Jimmy, is about to be the biggest moron. So I'm gonna make sure he doesn't die. Right. So he's like, I got to go find, I got to go follow Jimmy, make sure he doesn't kill himself. And then, so Jimmy. Jimmy during all of this. First thing he does is he goes to get himself a costume. costume because he can't be a Superman. I mean, if you're Jimmy Olsen in the 1950s and you've just gotten superpowers, what else are you going to do? It's very true. And like, just like we were watching in uh, My Hero Academia, the lead character, De- Deku, I think, I think that's so. his name. He I'm gets his own. Terrible at names. He gets his own suit. And ever. all the other characters, they all have their own costumes. Although not as many. As many uh, as capes as uh, once was uh, once was done. Edna Mode had her way. Right, right. It became uh, less the rage. So the first thing he does is he goes out and he's like, all right, well, 
I'm going to get this $80 costume. No, I'm sorry. $50 costume. And I'm going to go visit this guy who... Which, for what I can see of the costume, isn't that bad. It looks to be, like, original and custom, and it's got a full-length cape and everything. Yep. And its own logo. There's a guy, and uh, his thing is he's a steeplejack, and he paints high towers. And he's at a high tower, and then suddenly, and without warning... A lightning storm. A lightning storm happens. And uh, so he's like, "Uh uh-oh, we better get out of here. And he's like, "Eh, it doesn't matter. Uh, uh, just, just hide behind me. Uh, I'll be, uh, you know, I'll be invulnerable to Superman. And then a, uh, a lightning bolt hits towards Jimmy, but luckily Superman sees it in time and then picks up a steel weather vane and chucks it, chucks in it in front of, of the boy of steel and chucks it in front of him. But the thing, doesn't it, it need still to still affect him? Yes. Wouldn't it just like, like you- people have been like burned by lightning that struck two like that struck a mile away and it just like the electricity went through the ground and but the other thing is in order for a piece of steel to deflect it needs to be connected to the ground correct (laughs) i i I sort of know how electricity works kind of so then after the rainfall he comes out and he sees that his costume is ruined because the colors run is that a thing oh yeah Okay. Yes, absolutely. I don't, I don't, I've never had that Yeah, happen. it's not as big a thing as it once was. You know, ink uh, dye technology is way better than it used to be. Yeah. But there was a time when definitely that was the thing. Is that why people always wore plain colors or like embroidered patterns? Maybe. Okay. So then he goes and he gets a $75 costume that looks... Like Robin Hood, but blue. Right, like some combination of uh, Superman and Robin Hood. I like the first costume better. Peter Pan. I like the first costume better. The first costume was more modern. This is just kind of dorky looking. And so this costume, uh, he's like... even got a hat with a feather in it. He goes and he visits a daredevil who's going to go over the Metropolis Falls in a barrel. This is back in the time when... That was a thing. People went over Niagara Falls in a barrel. I know. Um, they don't do that anymore. Yeah, I think people stop them. So, uh, so, and then he's like, oh, no, the guy, the the, the, the daredevil got sick. And he's like, I, I can't, like, I don't feel so good. I have to call off the stunt. Now, why he waited until he was that close to call off the stunt? They want to pull a no refunds. I don't know. <sighs> but so, so Jimmy's like, hey, I'll, I'll go and do it. And then Superman's like, oh, my God. This idiot. <laughs> right. I, like, you know, I, I'm wondering, you know, maybe I have real disasters to handle. Just maybe. Um, so Jimmy goes in and, like, we do know that the stunt guy doesn't have superpowers, so but he can do it. So we know it's, like, possible. But Jimmy's also really bad at stunt personing. So, um, he basically aims the barrel so that it's about to fall over a bunch of jagged rocks. And then Superman, acting fast, knocks over, uh, like, destroys all the rocks and replaces them with sponges. Because you know how there are all these sponges. At the bottom of of rivers. freshwater rivers. Maybe there are? I don't think there are, though. There are are not. And so, uh, he he manages to uh, fix it so that he, uh... He can't do it. So he gets out, and then his costume shrinks, and Jimmy then has to do the classic trope of wearing a barrel to hide himself from his clothes. I mean, he already had a barrel, right. so it's slightly less. I want to know who was the first guy to wear a barrel, and what was the circumstances around 
him having to wear a barrel. And do all barrels have suspenders in them? <laughs> so, right. so the next, he buys, he buys a... buys an even more absurd Robin Hood costume. Right That's now, more Three Musketeers. Right now, he's looking all swashbucklery. And he says With that, his oversized belt and his red side And cape. he says, man, I am going broke buying costumes. Then don't buy the friggin' costumes! Certainly that argument. Costumes are optional! You haven't even established yourself as a superhero. Well, also, you know, secret identities is generally what costumes are all about, and... They all know you're Jimmy Olsen. Exactly. You've got red hair. You're the only person in Metropolis with red hair. Right. I'm sorry, am I too loud? No, no. No, no, that's fine. So, what happens next... Literally the only person with red hair. Is... He's going to a place where there's a lion tamer, and... The, uh, the, the the lion tamer... Can't do it? Is, he figures, he's like, uh-oh. He's like, this lion is so ferocious, I can't tame him. And then Jimmy's like, I'll take care of it. Yes, Jimmy, you can't, you can do the thing that the professionals can't do. Right. Can, can, why is Jimmy still alive? Certainly, I don't know. Because, like, even Superman shouldn't be able to, like, fix the hap, the hazard that is Jimmy Olsen. So Superman's like, oh, Jimmy, let me go in first. And uh, I'll get the lion all riled up for you. So he, quote unquote, fights the lion and then has Jimmy go in to. Um... And, and so what happens is as he um, is fighting the lion, Superman binds his paws so that uh, with scotch, scotch tape. tape. Um, I want to know if I, the scotch. I, I want to know if the scotch corporation uh, is behind question. him. Go ahead. Well, not a question so much as a statement. One, shouldn't a lion's claws be able to poke through scotch tape? Once again, that argument could certainly be made. Two, you can see scotch tape. It's like, he said it's invisible. Scotch tape is not invisible. Some Like, there are two different kinds that I know of, and neither of them are completely invisible. One of them makes it, like, it's completely clear, but it's shiny, so you can tell. And the other one is matte, but it's slightly, like, cloudy-ish, so you can still tell. Either way, you can tell. I know how scotch tape works. I know, but, like... And then, no, no, but not only does he bind his... Was scotch tape different in the 50s? No. Was it better in the 50s? I don't think so, but, mate, you never know. Um, so, he, but he, he binds this thing, the and then he gives taffy. him taffy. Well, luckily, he doesn't knock one, out all of his teeth. One more thing. Go ahead. That that's po- poisonous to the lion. Lions are carnivores. Maybe it's beef taffy. That's not a thing. It might. Hey, you never know. It certainly isn't in Metropolis in the 1950s. So, so Jimmy then goes up against the lion, and the lion is mad at being beaten by this small child. So he steps on his cape. And then rips it, and then he's like, oh, Wait, man. his cape has changed lengths. Well, what happens is he... Because uh, it started out as, like, it goes to, like, mid-thigh, and then it no. was, like, trailing you on see, the floor. see, here, this is flowing. Oh, okay. And it's off one shoulder, so... Okay. So he rips the uh, the cloak, and, uh, you know, Jimmy's bummed out. He's like, man, I can't buy any more costumes. Then don't! That's true. So... Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a major metropolitan newspaper, gets an idea, and he starts to think that, uh, you know, he's got to figure something out. And Jimmy, he changes clothes, and he goes back to the office, and he goes to a missile. (sighs) Why why is there just just a missile? I don't don't know. (sighs) Okay. 
And so he goes to interview this guy who, I guess, puts, like, the fuel in the missiles or rockets or whatever. And so he's about to do the interview when Jet of Fire starts going out of the fuel hole. And the guy who works there is like, run if you want to live. And Jimmy's like, nah, it's fine. I'm invincible. I think he's forgotten that his clothes are not invincible, as we have figured out over several... And then, instances? well, maybe his suits are invisible, Invinci- are invincible, because he he did that. That could be the suits that jumped into the river sticks with him. Um, and then, so what happens is the, the the missile blows up, and he is he does survive, even though Superman was nowhere to be found. But then Clark Kent, mild mannered reporter for major metropolitan newspaper, recalls that a bat th- flew through his torch, and he's like, "Well, oh I yeah, guess- he had a giant flaming torch, like right." Like he was chasing Frankenstein, Frankenstein's or, or, monster, or the mummy, or the mummy, and so uh, he he sees that he was invo- he was, He's like, all right, well, maybe he was invulnerable. Well, he was, and but then, then Jimmy goes back, and there was a tack in his shoe, and he felt it. Then so he was like, oh, it's worn off. So yeah, he can't go back because it's destroyed, and it was only temporary. And now he's uh, he's got no money because he spent it all on costumes. The, the thing is, it's still there. It's true. Like, and you could tunnel down and get it. Go uh-huh. ahead. You, what were you going to say? Uh. All right. So uh, so that is the end of that story. And next, uh, we have... The bear. The Tootsie Roll bear. Which is still very cute. And hitherto unnamed. Tootsie does, Roll... Does it have a name now? America's favorite candy. I don't think so. Gun-toting cowboy called Red. Shot a bullet that just missed his head. My gun belt is... My gun belt. I'm sacking and no more pistol packing. I'm Tootsie Roll toting instead. So he's uh he's he used to carry a pistol and now he carries Tootsie Rolls because because violence is never the answer. Well, Tootsie Rolls are is a deadly weapon because violence is never the answer. Right. So then we have uh the ad, an ad for a a kind of famous Superman story. I don't know the Superman story. I think you like the Superman story just well, because sure. it involves an ape. Sure. Uh, but we have an ad uh, for uh, an an issue of Superman. The next next month issue of Superman. It says, "Can an invulnerable gorilla with kryptonite vision defeat Superman?" And uh, there's this ape who has Lois by control, by, by who has who has you know Lois in his hand. And Superman's like, "I'll rescue you, Lois. Great guns. I'm turning weak and falling. Gasp." And then Lois says, "Heavens, those green rays from Titano's eyes. Somehow he acquired hit." kryptonite vision so um you know he is kind of a tragic character titano this is the story of titano the ape and uh is it like grog where he was just experimented on yeah, to no end kind of like he's he is a he is a sad character because he unlike grog like he's not really evil he's just like an animal and it's kind yeah. of sad because he doesn't mean harm really right and there was a uh, the, the story was, I believe it's called Tears for Titano, and uh, so that's as that. And then we have our we have, we have Private Pete. I believe he is a new character. <clears throat> Maybe oh no, can't be Little Pete. Must be Little uh, Little Pete's like big brother, Private Pete. So uh, Private Pete says, uh, "My uncle sent me this barometer. Look, it can predict storms, rain, and fair weather." And his friend says, "Does it really work?" And he says, "Sure." And they go outside for patrol, and it's a thunderstorm, and so he goes back inside and sets the barometer to fair, because he only wants to be on guard if there's fair weather. Well, sure. That, that's, but that's, that's not, not the way a barometer, barometer works. works. So he, instead, he decides that he's going to break his friend's barometer. 
So then Little Pete is down in his basement and says, care for a game of, game of ping pong? And then his friend says, well, Pete. And so they, uh, they they try to play, but of course the table is too tall. Because so these people are like two feet tall. Right, because they're little. Mm-hmm. Hence the name Little Pete. And so uh, the mom says, Pete is downstairs playing with a little friend of his. Can I just say? They, they need more adjectives. No. They do. That the um, the phrase little friend needs to be stricken from the English language. Because no matter how you say it, it just sounds condescending. Like, are you out with your little friend? That'd be, you know, it's just terrible. It should, it's something that should definitely be, be banned. Your little, you know, going out, doing your little plays. That kind of thing. People used to say it a lot more than they do now because they yeah. they've started to realize exactly how demeaning it is, horrible and uh, yeah, derogatory it is. So uh, they send Little Pete's dad downstairs, and of course, Little Pete and his friend can now play because the they've sawed off the bottom halves of the legs of the table remarkably evenly. They're very good. He's uh he's he's a skilled carpenter, that Little Pete, but his dad is not happy about it. All right. So, that brings us to our second Jimmy Olsen story. Now, this is... Yes, it's Jimmy Olsen, all right. The same face, the same build, but otherwise, you'd hardly know him. Because of the bungling cub reporter, he suddenly changed into the hardened and cynical editor of the Clarion. Which paper not only attacks his one-time pal, Superman, but quickly earns the reputation of being the Underworld Journal. And so, in our in our story... In our first panel, we see Jimmy. Jimmy is, uh, you know, sit- sitting in his chair with his feet up in a giant leather upholstered roller chair, like he's a big, like he's a big deal. And Lois says, "But, but that's all a lie, Jimmy. And you know as well as I do that Superman always repairs what he has to smash to trap the public enemies. So he does do that, and he never maltreats anyone. And then Jimmy says, "So what? They'll build circulation. Why don't you wise up?" Like me, and get somewhere. Because, you know, Lois isn't a good reporter? Um, If she's anything, she's a skilled reporter. She is. She's also madly in love with Superman, but... You know, she has definite self-esteem issues. Yeah. When it comes to her dating life, but in, in her professional life, no one can say that she's not a good reporter. It's true. All right, so... So Jimmy starts, and he's like, I want to be on better things... And um, Perry's like, no, no, you did a really bad job on this last article. You're you're a crappy reporter. And Jimmy's like, Perry White's so mean and he doesn't get it. And I'm a good reporter. And then suddenly and without warning, he uh, he, he finds out that he has inherited a um, he's inherited his own newspaper. Because his uncle has just passed away and I guess he owned the Clarion. Now. He is an orphan, so we don't know where this uncle is or who he's from, but uh, he's, so he comes up and he does a classic, take this job and shove it the scene with Perry White, where he's like, you know, someday you'll read the Clarion and you'll realize it's a real paper. Unlike this. Unlike this. Number one publication in Metropolis. This rag. So what happens is, so Perry's like, go on, you're, you, like, you, you'll realize that it's not a problem, it's a problem. And so he's like, he can't run a newspaper. And then Jimmy took took the story that he wrote, I guess, previously. Yep. And Published put it on. And he's like, there it is. My story. My blind sign. My idea. My crusade. And it, from here on, I'm going to town. And so he 
he he he goes in and uh, Superman uh, de- de- uh, defeats a uh, a group of criminals robbing one of uh, Metropolis's very unsafe banks. And as they really need to figure out something, <laughs> they they really should. So the uh, so uh, Perry White is walking by and he finds a newspaper and it got a little newsboy, not a little newsboy, a newsboy sells it to. I mean, he does look kind of young. Well, still not little. He is of a regular size. Yeah, it's not like he's a pixie or anything. So Perry White reads the paper and is like, he. And it's this horrible attack on Superman where it says, "Needless damage of Superman who by Superman by Superman." Who seals prisoners in their own car to deliver to police. And so what we figure out is Jimmy is basically profiting off of the criminals of Metropolis because he's writing a paper that's more or less geared towards their perspective. Right. That he figures that uh, that, that they, they, they go from the perspective that Superman is a public menace, that he keeps destroying things. So, so the, the Daily Bugle? Much like the Daily Bugle and Spider-Man. I remember that. I'm proud of myself. Or, uh, you know, or it's a shame that there is no modern examples that we can point to of these things. <laughs> so. Dad just just me. Um, <laughs> so then there is this, uh, the, the, there's, a, I guess, a TV show or a popular quiz, quiz program called The Biggest Liar. And now for my greatest lie. I believe those stories in the Clarion about Superman. And what you find out is that criminals are putting up ads in the paper because they want to keep it going because they want stuff continually published from their perspective. Right. So they start pouring uh, underworld money into it. And uh, so and Jimmy shows up in a new suit with a fedora and matching pocket square and tie and offers to pay Clark and Lois double if they work for him. Right. And he's like, I can't. Like, what are you doing? You're running a horrible gangster newspaper. And Lois is like, uh, actually, I'll take the job. And then she turns to Perry and secretly is whispering, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what's going on with Jimmy. So he goes, wink. So uh, Superman, I don't know what super. So uh, I don't know what Superman has to do with it. So he goes and he um he's like, hey. So he Lois gives him a story and he throws it in the new, in the basket in the in the waste basket. It's like it doesn't matter. Uh, we th- this is I guess because it's all it's good stuff about right Superman. since it's a good Superman story. Um, so it's a good since it's a good Superman story. Um, you know he's like this is ridiculous. Um, this isn't you know I'm gonna. Like, why don't you pick up your camera and see how a real newsman works? So he goes to the harbor where he he, he introduces his underworld buddies to a guy called the Ghost. His new underworld buddies. And he says, you know, until he reformed, he was a notorious for his ability to open any lock or vault. You'll see for yourselves, gentlemen. So he was going to uh, offer the ho- the ghost's services to any underworld guy. And Lois just can't believe what he's what she's seeing. And they throw him into a cell, and they weld it shut. They put the, you know, they basically do it like a uh, Houdini trick, right? They, 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 and then he breaks out, and then they put and, him in a safe, and then they drop the safe in the ocean, and then they drop the safe in the ocean. I will say, Jimmy was not expecting for them to drop the safe in the ocean. They did that by surprise, right? So then, there, then all of a sudden, the uh, the ghost, the ghost pops up, and. The criminals are like, yeah, we're going to just take him. And we're going to make him do our bidding. Make him open this safe that has booby traps in it or whatever. So 
he he rips he he rips the door off or he get he opens it up and they're like hey uh, he knows too much so they they they're so like they're okay to shoot him. we're going they're going to shoot him and, and then, then they do shoot him and then the bullets bounce off him and it turns it's superman it's superman and he's like he didn't really inherit the co-op, the clarion uh, the clarion uh, but with the real heir's cooperation, he built an underworld paper to win mod confidence and built up the escape artist role. So basically, this was all an elaborate ploy. To get people arrested. Right. To get higher ups in the underworld arrested. Right. And so he, um, so Jimmy goes back to the, the, to the Daily Planet, all puffed up and. And Perry's like. I'm, I'm he's guess, like, I'll, I guess like, you did an okay job. Well, he's like, you know, you're a better actor than a newsman. So even still, he can't can't admit that Jimmy Olsen's a good guy, a, a good reporter. So okay, then then we have our second uh, Tootsie Bear ad. It says a trainer once said to this to his lad, "Your opponent makes you look bad. If you cannot drop him, just Tootsie Roll pop him, and he'll get the best looking he's had." There's only pop in the world with a center of delicious Tootsie Roll. I I don't okay. How many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Roll? One, two, three, chomp. It takes one, but you need a really big tongue. I remember the commercial, though. Blows your mind, man. All right, so uh, next we have Casey, the cop, because um, prison humor is always fun. And so um, Casey is going to the state prison, and uh, he's got, hey, I've got to check the new numbers that these men are got around here. And so then there's this guy named Butch, and he has a sweater on that says 1970, and Casey the cop says, what's that number doing on Butch's sweater? And they're like, that's when he gets out of prison. Apparently his aunt knitted it or something. Right. So he's going to be in prison for 13 more years. Exactly. So, okay, so there's, uh, then we have Jimmy Olsen's pen pals, which is people who write letters to uh, the Jimmy Olsen. And uh, somebody writes, hey, can we have more stories like the second Superboy and Jimmy Olsen in the 50th century? They're the type of Olsen tales that I like. And uh, let's see. Lois Lane is in love with Superman. Lana Lang is that way about Superboy. Jimmy Olsen strikes me as a handsome, cute, and full of personality. I could go for him, even if he's a bit of a ham. So you don't think it's time to give some stories wherein Jimmy has the Dodge Cupid's darts? Penelope Burke, Dallas, Texas. What they don't tell you is that Penelope is a man. <laughs> uh, so uh, basically, it's a bunch of stories talking about how uh, Superman is uh, is super, uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Olsen's Olsen great. Is great yeah. So if you have suggestions and questions regarding Jimmy Olsen and Superman, find yourself a time machine. Send your comments on a postcard to Jimmy Olsen's Pen Pals National Comics. 575 Lexington Avenue, New York, New York, 22. After you find yourself a time machine. New York. I don't think that works anymore. What time machine? No, I don't think that address I know. Works. That's why I said time machine. Maybe I'll write to him anyway. That would be a bad idea. I'll tell him how we have a podcast. I think they know. I hope they know. Not not Jimmy Olsen's pal or Jimmy Olsen's pen pals. They might. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not Jimmy Olsen's pen pals. All right, so then we bring to our last story. And our last story is a cub reporter for the Daily Planet. Young Jimmy Olsen used his newspaper camera one day as usual in Metropolis. But the results are unusual. At each snap of his shutter, things mysteriously vanish into thin air. Even Superman is baffled at the fantastic disappearances seem the work of a master thief. Yet the culprit, unknown to Jimmy when taking the new photo, is the most amazing camera in the world. 
And in this one, we have uh, Superman, and Superman is holding something up for Lois Lane. And he says, happy birthday, Lois. I hope you like this golden piece of jewelry I made for you. And that, that's so braggy. Lois opens, what jewelry, so, Superman? So I don't see anything. <laughs> and then uh, the, the thing is going into this camera that Jimmy says, jeepers. It's ha- funny how things vanish every time I snap the camera. So in, in the first thing, we go uh, that Jimmy Olsen is – we show that he's a really good and gifted uh, photographer. And then he goes to visit everybody's favorite public menace, Professor Potter. <laughs> and he says, holy cow, what does that queer contraption do, process, Professor? This is back when queer meant weird. Right. Well, it still does. But now it has many other – it's not really in the common parlance. Uh, so what happens is that, that this <laughs> – so he he has a crystalline matter transformer or whatever. So I don't know what it's supposed to do. So the camera. So what happens is that, that this thing that he makes. Whatever this invention is, it breaks and right. it blasts Jimmy's camera, but not in a way that damages the camera. As many things it, that Professor Potter does, at first it seems like everything is normal, and then yeah, they need to have like a twenty-four hour waiting period before they use anything after it's been exposed to Professor Potter. I would agree. Like they should basically they need, like, go like a twenty-four hour quarantine. Like there needs to be a system in place. So what happens is Jimmy then takes uh, a picture of Perry White, and for the fr- for the front page, and it says the twenty-fifth anniversary of the Daily Planet with a picture. of Perry White, and he's smiling, and he takes Perry White's photo, and as he takes his photo, the, his uh, dentures mysteriously disappear into the camera. Perry White needs dentures? I, he's an old man. Old men always need dentures. He's not that old, though. He is. He's old enough. Look at him. He's got gray hair at his temples. Yeah, but just at his temples. Right. So he's old. Uh, uh, no. So uh, no. So what happens is... It's not... No... Okay. The camera transports his teeth into the fourth dimension and sucks it into the camera. Yes. And so then he's like, what the freaky frock? I can't talk. And so then uh, uh, Jimmy's like, I got to go handle some things. So he then takes his uh, takes his camera downstairs and he sees that uh, somebody has robbed one of the many jewelry stores once again in Metropolis. And he decides, I'm going to take a picture. They should using, have a system in place for that, too. Using this, like, old-timey tripod. the police. Tripod-mounted camera. And so they, so the, the guy is about to shoot a police officer. And then uh, Superman tries to get in the way. And then suddenly the bullet disappears. And what happens is that uh, Jimmy Olsen has taken picture of the bullet. and Just it has it's in midair. It has disappeared into his camera. And so then uh, Superman then... Is like, well, that was weird. He was. And then goes on with his day. Right. So then he goes and he meets a bunch of kids. uh, And they're playing marbles. And they're playing marbles. And he wants to play with them. And he is very good at marbles, as demonstrated in... show off. I think issue six was... uh, Yeah. As Jimmy Olsen, King of Marbles. That sounds right. And so he was getting to do it again, and Jimmy Olsen happens to be there, and he's like, I'm going to take pictures of these marbles, and then the marbles disappear, and then Superman. Oh, as do Clark Kent's glasses from Superman's. Right, as he's taking a picture of it, he realizes that uh, that this that suddenly uh, he's missing his uh, glasses that turn him into Clark Kent, mild manner reporter for a major metropolitan newspaper. <sighs> Just and there's 
what you learn. You look the same with and without glasses. But what you also learn, you learn a very important thing about Superman's glasses. And that is that they are made from the spaceship that Super Baby showed up in. And that Which I think is kind of cool. The uh, that the the glasses are actually harder than steel and bulletproof. So they're indestructible. They are completely indestructible, so that it, they can never fall off of his face. I guess. I think it's more like so that they don't get damaged at all when they're in his cable. He's off fighting villains and stuff. Right. So then, or you know, putting out grease fires. Um. So he then sees these uh, glasses. And he's like, he stepped on him and couldn't break. He's like, these must be super glasses worn by Superman when he's in disguise and they look like Clark Kent's. And then he finds that there is a fingerprint on it and he's going to like put it in his pocket and get the fingerprint checked later. And then a... Because he snapped a picture of like a really expensive diamond earlier. So he opens the camera and he finds that inside is all this stuff that disappeared. And then he's like... I guess. One of which is pieces of the diamond. And then a crook who wanted that diamond climbed in through the window and um, grabbed it and grabbed the camera and snapped a picture of Jimmy Olsen's watch so that he can't call Superman. Um, And then um, Morse coded Superman a message with the super secret signal watch saying, we're on the next page. Jimmy Olsen calling Superman. Somebody's worked out an antidote for kryptonite. But they need kryptonite to make sure it works. Right. So Superman brings the kryptonite, and the crooks takes a picture of it, then exposes him to it, and then Jimmy Olsen saves the day, right? Because he's a hazard and right. just destroys everything. And yeah, so it, but you know, the the guy shoots Jimmy, and luckily Jimmy's glasses are in the way. Yes, and uh, he then tackles him, and then checks the fingerprint, and it finds out that they don't match. Because it was Jimmy's fingerprint. Right. Because Jimmy is dumb. And <laughs> the end. All right. So uh, then we have, there was a stunt pilot named West. Uh, this is the Tootsie Roll, uh, the, uh, the, yet the last Tootsie Roll ad. It's like, there was a stunt pilot named West who wooed a young lady with zest, but the girl didn't care. She gave him the air. It was Tootsie Roll fudge she liked best. And the, the, the girl is, is the Tootsie Roll Bear. Right. Well, so, it's a girl version of the Tootsie Roll Bear. And she's like, she's thinking of the Tootsie Roll. And it's like, it's delicious. So smooth and creamy. That inflection was weird. And creamy. That part. Sure. All right. All right. So then, uh, so that's, that's the end of the stories. Now we're in the home stretch. Stamps. You get free. Wonderful offer. Elizabeth II colony stamps from all over the world. This is when they still had and colonies. And three big other offers. No, this is when this, the, col- the colonies were starting to like be released. Okay. So once again, this is just an example of we don't have a use for it anymore. Here right. have some free stuff. Right. Uh, you know, that eventually this all this stuff is going to be going away. Uh, we can't stand looking at Elizabeth II's head on all these stamps. So uh, why don't we give them to kids? Yep. And they're all genuine, all different, and all yours. Plus a special rare collector's item stamp. And a guide to stamp. All together. And now, now last time we had these ads, uh, Daisy Air Rifles, it was all about how, to, how I should get it for my birthday. But now- kind of, That was sad. They have focused on- Christmas. Christmas. Which makes more sense because Christmas is one time of year, whereas- People's birthdays are all over the place. And so, you know, basically the kid's like, hey, I want to get uh, 
I want to get a guns for Christmas. And the dad's like, okay, Junior, we'll "We'll, get you a gun. And then it says, well, what do I get? And then it says that there's a target pistol for dads. Or, you know, they could also get a rifle, too. Right. But, you know, I guess they say specifically that, you know, it'd be great if they could, you know, have there's a pistol for dads. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So then we have, oh, learn Radio TeleV, servicing or communications by practicing at home in your spare time. I don't know what that is. And it's basically a, uh, it's an ad for a correspondence school in uh, fixing televisions and radios. And it tells you it's a fast growing field. It offers you good play, success, and a bright future. And, you know, basically it's a learn in your square, in your spare time. And here's the thing. And it support it's approved by the GI Bill. So if you are that was the one with soldiers, right? If you have if you're a veteran, you could use your VA benefits to pay for it, and yeah. you can learn a skill that will put you back into the work workforce, and you know, be a helpful citizen, and be a helpful contributing member of society that doesn't only know how to kill people. So, so basically, it's uh, learn all this stuff, and there are all these things. It's like NRA NRI trained these men for success at the National Radio Institute. We have M.R. Lindemuth. People like M.R. Lindemuth, who was like, I was repairing radios by the 10th lesson. Now, have a good TV job. I mean, I honestly would just like to know how to fix a radio or a television. It's true. Well, now you can't because, every, well, you can. That technology is outdated. Though. Yeah, this is all like analog stuff where there are like tubes and transistors and electrodes. But that stuff makes more sense to me than whatever we have in our normal TV. Well, it's base. It's a lot of the same principles, but only done with electronics now. <laughs> but it's still difficult to do. So now, uh, and then we have uh, to just to remind you. So Daisy seems to have this thing where they'll they'll have this big ad, and then like one or two other ads, and then like a final like their ad is the final ad, just to be like we're we're still here. Don't forget, we still want you to buy this. Don't forget, buy a gun, and uh, that is the last ad, and that brings us to the end of issue thirty four. Yep. Uh, once again, I would like to thank everybody for listening. Thank you. You know. If you listen to podcasts, you know what to do. If you don't listen, if we're the only podcast you listen to, first of all, thank you. Yes, uh, thank you. Second of all, if you don't know what to do, um, you can certainly contact me at otherpalspod at gmail.com and uh, I will give you the basics. Okay. Or you can you know, contact us through whatever. Social media. Social media. We're on Instagram, otherpalspod, uh, Facebook, otherpalspod, Twitter, otherpalspod. Yep. Branding, baby. So, um, uh, do you do you have anything that you support your local roller derby? Okay, uh, and I guess until I'm, I'm never gonna not say that until uh, oh, thanks for the spin doctors for not suing us yet again, <laughs> and uh, thank you all for listening. And until next time, this is uh, I'm Gary Roland. I'm Ella Plum Roland, and together we say Superman away. away!